Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, March 29th, 2023. Today on the Ether, Into the Yumiverse, featuring Archway. Let's take a listen. Daniel, where's the music, bro? That's what I'm saying, man. I need the jams. I need the elevator music. Give me some lighthouse vibes. Is the is the Twitter music not on? No, it's not on. No, oh, it was coming on on my end. I listened to some old recordings and the jams were spotty, so I was like, "Oh, maybe the Twitter music will be better." Are you just listening to it through your headphones? Is that what's going on, sir? The music's just in my head all the time. Sometimes I don't even know if it's real. <laughs> okay, so that's, that's too deep for glass uh, <laughs> <laughs> half full. Glass half full. We're always we're always playing music in the crypto world. It's like Spotify for free right there. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. That premium. I want, I want that, that new Spotify. Spotify. Yeah. That's the new Spotify. Spotify <laughs> premium 2.0. Mine runs ads. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. Man. Yeah, my the music that runs in my head, it just runs ads all the time. It's really annoying. They're just trying to get you to build more stuff. Yeah, they, they wouldn't give me the premium subscription. It's a lot of male enhancement ads in his head. It's it's a really weird. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not Thank, that he needs yeah, it. Uh-huh. Hey. Not that I need it. Thanks, Not that everybody. he needs it. I'm so glad. It's for his buddies. It's for it's for my friends. The algorithm knows I've got friends. <laughs> friends in small places. All right. All right. This is this is too meta. This is, this is too, <laughs> getting too personal. Really going for that big candle, eh? <laughs> <laughs> keep the god candle, oh. please. Oh, Jesus no. <laughs> Welcome, Eric. Hi, Archway. <laughs> Hi, Archway. What's up, Wise? Good to talk to you again, brother. How's it, how's it going, man? We, we know each other. We're buddies. Best friends forever. Oh, going to Vegas yeah. Viper games all the time. There you go, man. Right on. I gotta go to one. I gotta go to one. You gotta let me know. Dude, if it wasn't at Cashman, I'd recommend it. I love the XFL, but my god, is that field a dump. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little nasty. It's a little nasty, but you know, can't spit on Vegas. Brandon's uh Brandon's from Vegas too, so he knows exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, you got you said Cashman Field. I got like PTSD from getting almost mugged over there a couple times in high school, so mm-hmm. <laughs> you got almost mugged? Oh, man. <laughs> almost? <laughs> Well, the, the Vipers have been getting mugged every game. It's amazing to be like eliminated from playoffs four weeks into a season. It's tough. It's tough. But hey, we're not here to talk about sports. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. All right. This got there real fast. But uh, thanks everybody for joining us on this week's episode of Into the Umiverse. Uh, we've got some special friends from Archway. Who um, actually, there's a lot of connections between. Uh, Umi and Archway down from the folks who work there, um, having worked on Umi before. 
and also of course some like collaborations that we'll we'll definitely have in the future so definitely excited to um get this going um before we do that as always let's go through some umi updates and what we're kind of working on right now so if you've been checking the repo lately um you'll see that last in the last upgrade we basically released uh minimum gas prices and then we also released some ibc rate limits just to protect the system um obviously in our in our sort of uh purview we kind of overbiased towards protection protecting users um versus you know having like a lot of free movement in the in the solution not that there's not free movement but it, we want to protect at maximum your funds and so that's where the ibc rate limits come into play um it's a it's a way that we can restrict some outflow uh without having to restrict have a pretty poor ux and so that's that's what we're working on right now is basically adding a V2 to that. Um, we're going to be restricting some inflows of things that aren't in our registry uh, for our leverage module. That way you don't end up in a situation uh, where you have some tokens on UMI that have really like no support in the leverage module, um, and then you can't end up doing anything with them. So we want to just make sure that you're aware of what we support um, in the beginning. Um, that way you don't go through those process, pay some unnecessary fees that you wouldn't want to um, have to deal with anyways. So that's that's what's in the works. Uh, we've also got some other things around IBC rate limiting that we're currently drawing up uh, regarding throttling. Uh, we basically want to make the system um, really dynamic so that as funds are flowing back and forth, um, that throttle can basically handle that information and also understand whether whether those funds are are justified, meaning that they've just been, say, borrowed from UMI or um, they're just like normal user interactions uh, versus something where like maybe some TVL has been stolen, like uh, something that happened with like Euler, for example. If you paid attention to that attack, $200 million was taken um, off of a, a pretty small code mishap that was exploited to the maximum value. So we want to make sure that there's a maximum dollar amount that can be taken at UMI just in case we make a mistake because, you know, nobody's perfect, uh, but we want to make sure that the safety features are. And so that's that's the major focus. Obviously, I want to turn it over to Waz. Uh, we've got some huge updates with OHO. Testnet's currently going great. So Waz, you want to take it away? Yeah, yeah. So it, with OHO, we're pretty much in the middle of battle testing our, our technology, battle testing our products. So, um, you know, we, we've been going through this first testnet. We've got, you know, 200 plus validators. We've got a few people on the waiting list, you know. Uh, we're doing a runtime verification audit right now. Uh, you know, luckily they found some issues. We're we're doing some fixes, which is exciting. Uh, we'll be coming out with a second testnet soon, and that one's going to help us in deciding what our actual mainnet validator set will be at Genesis. So, if you're interested in that, please let us know in Discord. You know, hop into our hop into our group chat there. We'll make sure to get you some tokens. We're pretty much going to find the validators that are most active in the community. Um, we're really focused on grassroots validators. So we're really trying to find people who care about. The product that we're bringing to the table and they they really want to make sure they keep us you know on our toes so uh, on top of that we've got fixes coming in for our price feeder tool and our osmosis api that's going to affect umi very shortly hopefully we'll be do doing releases for both of those within the next couple days and we're also working with the crescent team right now on getting proper tests for the crescent indexer that we're working on for the, pricing out their uh, their lf tokens which is super exciting that's going to impact UMI as well directly, as well as the OHO launch. And then uh, the, the final major thing is, you know, I've got the first draft of the white paper finished up. 
I'm ju- just editing, so I should be releasing it later this week. Be on the lookout for that. That that's super exciting. It should be in. Uh, it'll be a link in GitHub, so you guys can all read it and and judge me and hear about what my thoughts are. The long term, uh, you know, Oho product, which is super exciting. But yeah, I mean, we're we're working on a lot. We're you know a, a lean team, but we've got a lot of stuff coming out, and I'm I'm super excited to see more of it come into fruition as we work at this faster pace towards mainnet. No, that's awesome stuff, and I'm I'm glad other folks can finally judge you the way I've always judged you was. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you've got a direct line to me, so it's easier. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, we're all excited. And I, I mean, for anyone that's not aware of like what Ho- Oho's building is basically it's something that it, it, it's smart. It, it's a smart contract based Oracle that is actually in some ways a hundred times faster than Chainlink based on some of the stats that we're seeing. But also, it's safer in a way that incorporates the historical. Um, and we can, we've kind of droned on and on about the historical, so I won't bore you with that. But what this means is that folks like Juno and Secret Network and anyone else that's looking to deploy um, can enjoy all the benefits of having, say, like a Chainlink Oracle, but something that's very responsive to them. I mean, we're working with the Shade Swap folks uh, or the Shade team to bring a bunch of different Forex exchange rates to them. Um, and also some other different assets. And so OHO is going to be the most Cosmos first Oracle out there that will enable you to do anything that you need to do in terms of leverage or anything like that. And you're going to see an explosion of apps on Juno because of it and on Secret and, and, and across the ecosystem as well. So definitely kudos to your team, Waz. Um, in other UMI news, um, SD UMI, get ready for it because that's what we're working on right now. Um, we've basically been working with the Stride team to bring a liquid staking derivative to UMI. Um, that'll help open up a lot of TVL options for us. Uh, definitely want to get that going. And then, uh, yeah, that's that's as much as I can share right now. But as I always mention, really, 2023 is about an explosion of Cosmos-based stablecoins and Cosmos liquid staking derivatives. That's what we're focused on right now. LSDs and, and Cosmos native uh, stablecoins. You're going to see a lot of explosions coming out with that, with adoptions, uh, with adoption rates across the board especially driven by UMI and, and by OHO, obviously, because the more price feeds we have, the more collateral options we have. Um, but yeah, that, that's uh, it for UMI for this week. Let's go ahead and turn to our guest from Archway. Um, obviously, Archway is one of the premier smart contract platforms in the Cosmos, highly anticipated release. Uh, we share a lot of linkage uh, with um, some of the former employees of UMI working on Archway, especially the founder, uh, Griffin. And so definitely want to turn it over to you guys. Uh, Eric, um, I know you're representing Archway. Do you want to give a quick intro to yourself? Maybe a once over on uh, what Archway does? Uh, yeah, guys, thanks for the uh, thanks for the nice words and warm intro. I'm Eric. I'm the tokenomics lead for PhiLabs. Uh, so anything I say, uh, <laughs> behold it to me. I, I'm not maybe the best representative. Archway is a lot bigger than me, and sometimes I can be a little bit controversial, but uh, I'm definitely well-versed in the tokenomic model, obviously. and a lot of what makes Archway unique. And that is really that it's a perpetually incentivized um, permissionless smart contract deployment platform where regardless of price action or whatnot, anybody at any time can develop something on Archway and get this uh, this contract secured revenue as it's now being called much more sustainably, much more stably and much more amply than they can anywhere else. Uh, uh, in addition to quite a few other things, but um, it will... It will really change the game, in my opinion, for um, what is possible for uh, developers being able to work for themselves. 
No, 100%. And I, I'm curious, can you go a little bit more into the fact um, we've, I think a lot of folks know kind of the core message of Archway just being a very developer-friendly smart contract platform. Can you kind of go into some of those features? I know I know the 50-50 split has always been talked about, but um, anything outside of that? And, and maybe if you can go into that a little bit more in detail. Yeah, so in addition to gas rebates, which again, we, we built entire modules to, to handle it uh, much more, um, much more honestly or fairly than is than is being done currently. Uh, we also have um, we we also have part of the inflation being reserved for um, developers, so they can or will be making more than that fifty percent gas rebate of what's spent on their contracts. But additionally, um, what what I think is really the coolest is this composability aspect, where you can set your own contract premium, basically a paywall on your contract that has to be paid in order for the computations to take place, um, where you can charge about know, one cent. Or you can charge $100 if you, if you want to, and people would have to pay that in order to use your contracts. Other contracts that call your contracts would have to pay that for your computation to go through. Really, this customization that should, that should be available elsewhere that just hasn't really been built out yet. No, that's awesome, man. And I'm curious, what's the, what's the developer response been for this? Because it seems like DevX, uh, like the DevX and, and sort of like just the overall dev- developer experience is what you're mainly focused on being like a developer first smart contract platform, which is really awesome for folks like myself and Waz especially. But um, like, what's the response been like? And like, what kind of projects, if you can share any alpha, of course, um, what kind of projects are you looking to launch on top of Archway? Uh, yeah, always. So um, there's quite a robust uh, DAP ecosystem that's building out and a really tight knit developer community, which is really exciting just from the from the business perspective. And as well as I'm, I'm a DJ myself, I can't wait to use most of the stuff. Um, so developers are loving it. They're definitely getting getting the memo. Um, and we have a bunch of groups already lined up for this hackathon that's coming up, which is cool. But just from what you guys and your community is interested in, things like stable coins, they don't have a, a real monetizable route right now. So right, right now we're, we're seeing collateralized stable coins allegedly, but they're collateralized based on valuation, not via liquidity. Because a truly over collateralized stablecoin is always like really inefficient. But if something if stablecoins are working on Archway, now you can set it up where that the stablecoin is getting remunerated through through contract secured revenue in ways that are that are fascinating. We have liquid staking derivatives that are launching without governance tokens because they can supply themselves sustainably through the contract secured revenue. Whereas as they get adoption into DeFi, as they gain traction, as they gain usage, the developers can continue building on them without the issue of like, oh, well, if we can't supply the team, like how are we going to be able to continue upgrading the contracts and make sure that your money's safe? So a lot of uh, like potentially like Jay Kwan's issues that he's voiced about um, auto finding staking derivatives can be um, at least less risky being built out in a place where there's kind of sustainability built into the protocol. No, that's really cool. I mean, liquid staking derivatives have been kind of a hot topic and I know some protocols are like super against them, right? And like we are kind of the opposite. We're super for them. And it's great that like some folks are taking like a more sustainable approach to them as well. Um, what are there any sort of uh, names of projects that you can share? Anything that I know, like I've, I've seen some tweets about like an Osmosis Outpost, for example, being on Archway. Any, any familiar names or any Cosmos projects that might be launching Outposts or anything like that? Uh, we've heard of a couple. Stay tuned to our Twitter uh, as we announce a couple. I think some that we've already announced are uh, Liquid Finance, who, as I mentioned, will be building this uh, uh, auto compounding staking derivative without a governance token, which is what they're saying. Uh, AstroVault's and AMM that I, uh, I'm a part of that team. So full disclosure there, but we've announced that AstroVault's building their 
But um, we should be having a lot of coming announcements um, in the next, very soon, starting this week. I like that name, Liquid Finance Was. I really like that name. I, I, know, I knew you would. <laughs> I knew you, for secret reasons. <laughs> but, awesome, but awesome to hear, man. Um, I, I'm supposed to ask about, I hate asking about airdrops because everyone wants to ask about airdrop. But it, when airdrop is a, a question that I have listed on my uh, syllabus for today. So any any details on that, Eric? Anything on the Arch token? I'm solidly led to believe that there will very likely be an airdrop uh, as soon as Archway goes mainnet. And that will be the, the first of airdrops. So uh, we, we should have some information dropping about that uh, here pretty soon. As a, you'll, you'll see a lot of our marketing um, start ramping up as we get really, really close to mainnet launch. And I guess, um, you know, there's some questions around like the infrastructure around Archway, right? And so, I mean, I guess what kind of oracles are you using? <clears throat> oh, ho, if possible. <clears throat> but uh, <clears throat> what kind of oracles are you using? What What does your infrastructure look like? Because it, it sounds like you guys have a very different setup um, from what a lot of the ecosystem is doing. So curious to hear on that side. Yeah, so running a validator will like from that side of the infrastructure will actually be pretty similar. We're still using IBC, um, so it, like it should be very familiar. It's what's going on kind of under the scenes that that will function very differently, like the the way that inflation is being rerouted or the way that um, validators aren't necessarily getting from like gas like gas the way that they're accustomed to. But um, infrastructure is similar as far as oracles go. We very much love to work with OHO. I have recently had Waz on my uh, the Arch In podcast for Archway and discuss about how like um, historicals, uh, I really like that term, will make a lot of things in DeFi a lot safer. So um, I, I've followed you guys for a while, but following like how you guys are integrating with Shade and with Juno applications, uh, as you guys were mentioning, and really a huge fan of what you're doing. We need people that understand what we're doing in this space, not just necessarily the same names that have deployed elsewhere. Um, that don't necessarily understand the intricacies of what's going on with like our ecosystem of liquid staking derivatives and with high inflation and with IBC. So um, uh, hopefully, hopefully heavily you guys, we're definitely having lots of conversations. Yeah, we, we definitely need to talk after this because we, we just had a, a standup and we're planning on uh, deploying onto Archway's testnet pretty soon with our uh, pricing contracts. So I'd, I'd love to talk to you know you guys and see a couple of the teams that you guys are working with that might be able to use these. Um, you know, Obviously, as cheap as we can, I'm, I'm just excited to, to see how that uh, the environment around Archway could grow with OHO. Yeah, 100%, dude. All right, I did not have to use my have fun staying Poracle line there. Um, <laughs> but uh awesome man well you, you talked about the hackathon and I, i'm curious about that because um we've been through a lot of hackathons this this uh this year so far we we got to hang out at ETH denver a little bit with the umi team so what what kind of things are you working on with your hackathon and what can we expect uh yeah so we're partnered with dora hacks who has been absolutely fantastic we recently had a pitch competition uh, which had some Arch giving away in prizes, and I, I just sat in there as a as a viewer because it was fascinating. We had some really good pitches, but we already have over twenty, and we're expected to get uh, closer to forty or higher. Um, solid DAP teams that are like in the building uh, participating in this hackathon with a million Archway in prizes, like a million Arch, which is 
I know you guys don't know anything about the tokenomics, but it's a lot. Uh, and we've got four tracks. So there's two, uh, infrastructure and tooling, there's uh, DeFi, and just all kinds of different types of products are building out and are uh, actively deploying on our testnet right now. So it's uh, it's been really fun to watch. And, and while I, I enjoy seeing growth in Web3 in general, it's really fun seeing what kind of use cases that Archway unlocks that previously haven't been possible or at least sustainable. Uh, in, in Web3 prior. So uh, quite a few of apps are actually coming up with new stuff that is, has not been done before. No, that's awesome to hear, man. Um, that, that's really cool. Um, yeah, so I think we're getting towards the end of kind of our, our planned itinerary. If we want to go to any community questions, um, if you have any questions, obviously, you can throw them in the um, under the tweet, or you can get on here, um, just request to speak. I see some folks that have uh, joined in a lot of different spaces before, so go ahead and uh, feel free to request. Um, but yeah, outside of that, um, we've got some community questions from our Discord, Eric, if we can kind of go through those. Um, the first one, of course, is how do we plan to sort of integrate between um, Archway and UMI? I mean, we've already talked about sort of the OHO uh, integration, but um, do you want to kind of give anything that you can think of, and then I can kind of give our perspective as well? Yeah, so we'd love to use OHO. We'd love to have Arch and other assets be available as uh, deposit and lending on UMI. Um, but furthermore, we kind of uh, envision Archway as being a a UX for the greater cosmos. In that, uh, as as um, other product as IBC queries or interchain accounts grow, as multi chain applications take place, as we have these outposts other places, it, we think it makes a lot of sense for established applications such as UMI to have outposts set up on Archway, where then they can have access to like our mobile first wallets and um, our portals immediately there, as well as um, kind of customization of things like contract premiums, where you can charge to access your account and have access to the Archway community immediately uh, in a way that's more monetizably composable than exists elsewhere. Um, so we, yeah, we would love to be able to use you guys from Archway and have you guys be able to um, access more contract secured revenue through that. That's definitely awesome, man. And um, from our perspective, I mean, when you think about, like Archway is more of a smart contract platform, which is, which is really cool in its own way. And then UMI is more of like a dedicated leverage app chain. And so obviously there's some patterns there that, or some opportunities there that can be split. I mean, if, if um, for example, if Archway has some local um, leverage protocols, the interest rates between the two ecosystems are something that a lot of people can do a carry trade on, for example, but also supporting the different assets like you mentioned. Um, and then also integrating you guys into our upcoming uh, mobile wallet as well, Taboo. Um, if we can ever get iOS to approve that thing, we will be launched. and. We'd love to support Archway, obviously. Sort of the whole pro the whole process of Taboo or, or kind of the value add is we want to build all of the sort of uh, functionality that a chain has into the app itself so that you don't have to use like a browser function or kind of like what you do on Kepler Mobile where you have to have this like permission browser where you can only go to certain sites. With Taboo, you can basically do everything from inside the app you don't have to go to a different tab at any point um getting like if you have any dexes getting that integrated into our dex aggregator lending platforms uh, all, all your savings accounts stuff like that i think is uh where we can do a lot of integration so definitely a lot of lot, a lot of things to work on um next question is let's see i guess this one's a little bit more for us uh umi stable coins when um 
Well, Umi's not making a stable coin, guys. I don't know if you've seen this regulatory environment. It's pretty, it's pretty rough. But what we are making... Okay, I don't know if I can share that. Uh, what we are making is, uh, again, ex going back to that theme of explosion of stable coins and, and Cosmos liquid staking tokens, that's what we're focused on this year. I'm currently sketching out a design for, um, for a product that's going to do that. Uh, we're pretty confident. And so if there's any stable coins that are launching on Archway, um, anything like that, basically what we did was we, when, when Terra crashed, we looked at um, what the stablecoin ecosystem looked like, and we thought for a second there, we should just build our own stablecoin. It's, it's, it's pretty easy. And the more we looked into it, the easier it looked like it was. And the, the, the issue with that is we thought that there would be an explosion of stablecoins across the ecosystem. Now, I'm not saying that these different models aren't, aren't difficult in their own way. There's a lot of complexity between these two. But what we found was that, you know, just the, the, the sort of profitability that you can gain with a, with a stablecoin pro, uh, with a protocol like that, um, it's going to be massive. So a lot of different folks are going to create stablecoins. And so what we'd rather do, rather than creating something to compete with those folks, let's create products that build liquidity across all of stablecoins. And so that's what, exactly what we're going to do. Um, I'll drop a hint. It's going to be called the Me Tokens. Umi is you plus me has always been our slogan, um, and it's gonna bleed into the way we do our product. The you part of the you plus me is our you tokens. Whenever you give collateral, you get a you token representation of that, which means this is a this is a collateral position. The me tokens is how we're going to increase liquidity across all Cosmos native stablecoins and across all liquid staking derivatives. I can't share too much, maybe I, or maybe I already have. But, um, that's coming out. That's like the, that's like the whole thing. <laughs> I didn't explain how we're gonna do it, bro. Like, leave it alone. <laughs> All right, well, fine. I'm fine. gonna turn it to you because I've talked too much already. I know Brent's probably pissed. Um, you have any questions for uh, anything, uh, anything related to Archway? I mean, I'm I'm kind of interested to see how do you expect, um, you know, the 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 sort of environment around the SEC to impact development on Archway because what we're seeing is a lot of dev teams will launch with tokens as a sort of revenue device but with the the Archway implementation that can be completely flipped on its head how are conversations going with teams uh, kind of surrounding that different business model um, that's that's a fantastic question was we have quite a few teams that are very hesitant to launch tokens while building similar applications to what exists currently that uses tokens. I mean, I'm a tokenomics guy and with economic philosophy, like I firmly believe that anything can be more efficient with tokens and also that more projects should launch without them because the, the level of efficiency that you can gain is usually not worth the um, hassle of regulatory compliance and the expense that comes with it. So um, part of what I do personally is like regulatory audits as well as um, uh, migration paths for potential future regulation, but it's nice seeing a community building up already and Phylabs themselves that's very concerned about the regulatory environment and ensuring that they can build something scalable, sustainable without boomers that have no idea what they're doing infringing on our ability to innovate. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it seems like we we do have an extra question for you. I I want to talk more about that uh, as well, but I, I guess from a Raccoon Corporation, regarding the premium, what's the difference between the premium that actually charges a fee through funds 
that are sent when interacting with the smart contract. I feel like that's almost the same. Thank you. Uh, excellent question. Premium is is built in on the contract level to the gas, and so um, it will work directly well with the wallet, if that makes sense. So um, if it was just like a base send transaction added on, it wouldn't be uh, able to be picked up by third-party wallets. By building it into the contract level, not only can you ensure that other contracts that call you are able to um, like forcibly have to pay it, but also it just functions a lot easier for the user. So yes, you can still do a percent base um, type thing additionally or separately, but um, it, it's just a lot easier if it just functions directly through the gas. Like the, the user experience through it's fantastic. Yeah, that's, that sounds awesome. I can see a lot of uh, sort of secondary markets coming out of this where protocols, uh, smart contracts are designed just to allocate funds to these other contracts in order to use utilities. Um, have you seen any sort of development on that side of things? Oh, yes. We have some really cool DAO-based type stuff coming out. Uh, we have some really... I mentioned earlier that there are some things that just like some use cases that are unlocked. Uh, I'm not Brandon, so I'm not going to go fully into them right now in front of you guys, even though I'd love to. But there will be <laughs> uh, some kinds of really cool applications that can control these. They can They can be locked in cool ways, and that can be controlled or tokenized or set up in a, there's just tons of possibilities. I, I can't wait to be able to share more. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that's one of the things that we've been thinking about as far as our uh, integration on the OHO side with Archway, right? How do we ensure that the, you know, the people that are using our platform can continually pay? Because we don't want to have any downtime for protocols that are using these services because it could be, you know, high transaction volume protocols like lending protocols that really need to be able to liquidate. So um, I'm, I'm really excited to see the sort of different effects that come out of that. I, I don't think we've actually gone over an internal calculator yet. We're going to release a public one pretty soon. But if you look at how often oracles are queried and imagine how much that like you'd get from the gas. I know oracle, like an oracle query isn't a ton of gas. But right now, everywhere else, an oracle getting queried doesn't actually give that oracle a share of the gas because contract B doesn't get uh, remunerated. But on Archway, it it does and so if you guys are integrated into archway and you're getting a quite a sizable amount of arch from all of the like apps such as astro vault that are constantly querying you guys like uh, several million times a month yeah i'm i'm actually really excited about the the archway integration because we've been working on a problem how do you how do you charge protocols right um we've been building out this trustless system that should work over you know cross chain contract queries but, you know, with Archway, it just works, uh, which is really exciting, um, you know, and, and hopefully some of this technology can be brought out towards the broader ecosystem as, you know, interchain accounts becomes available through throughout the cosmos. I think over the next few years, we're going to just see this become the standard. I, a lot of what we're building at Archway will be adopted a lot of other places. It just makes a lot more sense. I mean, we... I. My background's in economic philosophy, but in general, we have so many brilliant developers that are designing economies that they don't understand. And as we get more towards efficiency, as we get like know, thousands of years of business and monetary policy didn't just fly out the window. We didn't create an ability to, to make magic money. Um, we have to get business sense back into Web3. And I think we're doing a really, taking quite a few new steps towards that in Archway. 
Absolutely. And it seems like we've got another question from uh, Raccoon Corp, the uh, the follow-up here. Will the premium be entirely abstracted for the user? People can be wondering why this contract's more expensive to interact with compared to another. If it's visible, you, you know, he thinks it's a good thing. Otherwise, it feels like hidden fees. What's what's your uh, what's your take on that? Uh, could be either. So it can look in the wallet um, as just simple, like, oh, this one just has higher gas. Like, oh, okay, it's eight cents instead of seven cents. Like, um, and you wouldn't really know because I mean, users don't really know how much gas each contract requires, anyways. But you could query at the protocol level exactly what's being used towards gas, what's being used towards premiums, and we can set up dashboards that show that kind of thing. Gotcha. So, from the wallet's point of view, it's generally agnostic. Um, I'm I'm curious to see. Do you guys have any you know user interface tools that you guys are building out to make sure that uh, people are educated on what is comparatively the best product? Right. If if I was to deploy, you know, Oho's Oracle and charge a thousand dollars for every call, which, by the way, we're not going to do. That'd be insane. Uh, it'd be super easy for me to compete if that's visible. Right. So, uh, what are your thoughts on tooling around that? Uh, yeah. So it's actually a lot easier to compete with these kind of things and and to customize things. Like one, if you have a moat, but two, if you're something that's a very high volume. So I, I mean, if you're say building out on Archway and you guys just have a better Oracle service and you're getting 2 million queries a month, if you charge a one cent premium on top of that, that's significant additional like contract secured revenue. Um, whereas to each individual user, it's not a big deal. Maybe to big groups like say Astrovolt or other DEXs or DeFi protocols that have to pay that a lot, they might look for a different solution. But I mean, you can always lower your price at any moment. The, the premium's not set in stone. So um, yes, we'll have dashboards that set this kind of stuff up. What we're more focused, as far as I know, on setting up is showcasing which dApps and which contracts are earning the most contract secured revenue. Because as we, um, I think it will be an upgrade shortly after we go mainnet so that everyone can go through governance and see exactly what's in the econ model that I'm building. Um, But as more gas is secured and contract secured revenue, it means more deflation of the archway um, of archway kind of similar to how ethereum works and it's um it's good for the archway protocol it's good for the archway ecosystem you'll have net inflation lower than inflation and inflation already lower than what you see on atom and um it it just it's better monetary policy yeah i think that makes a lot of sense i i do have a question about the pricing of these assets um how are we determining the actual cost does a contract determine it in uh the you know archway token is there an ability to price it out in us dollars per a certain currency how does that work uh that's a great question i've been using the term cents just um for convenience for the users the contract will the premium will actually be set up in a fixed amount of arch however you can set it up with an oracle maybe provided by oho i don't know um, where it can routine, routinely update the premium to set it to a specific um, dollar price. Yeah, one of one of the uh, things I've been playing around with is the idea of um, bringing OHO to other chains so that the the minimum spend for governance proposals is uh, automatically updated based on a US dollar value rather than the actual token value. So I think this would be the the ultimate uh, implementation of that, right? At the protocol layer, allowing uh, contracts to determine how much they want uh, to to charge, regardless of token price. It makes it a lot easier. One hundred. You guys want some more alpha? Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, do it. man. Uh, uh, so yeah, one hundred percent. That is brilliant, and that's something that we should have. Something else that we should have is you know not having to go with Adam Prop Thirty of like, hey, 
uh, let's change how many blocks we think we're going to get per year because uh, that directly infl- affects inflation. Like it's it's very antiquated. What we're building out with Archway is actually time built into the protocol itself with time stamps directly in each block and factored in each block where like the X-Mint module will create the exact amount of arch, like mint the exact amount of arch that should be based on how much time because time is not a fixed parameter in Tendermint um, based on how much time that block took. And so you'll be able to now use time that we can derive from the protocol itself in further oracles and indexes that you guys likely will make the tooling for. So that will uh, that that will unlock a lot of cool stuff. Just make it a lot easier for users. No more like, hey, at block eighteen million, we're gonna do this upgrade. It's like, hey, at seven o'clock Eastern, an upgrade's gonna happen, and have that be the case. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I again, this is another problem that I've been working with because on the Oracle side, we've been de- defining tokenomics based on block time because we have to, right? So if if we were able to actually bridge this over from Archway into other protocols and build out indexers for it. That I mean, that could help the the entire rest of the ecosystem. That's awesome to hear. That is super cool. Thanks. Yeah, I, I largely um, everything that's been done with uh, God, what were they called? Where it's like a one day window for token minting uh, epochs. Yeah, it, it was like kind of a stopgap solution. It was definitely improvement from what was original Cosmos SDK. But we're we're adding quite a few independent modules as well as significantly altering other modules to um, what we believe is make significant improvements. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I can't wait to see if that uh, you know ends up b- becoming in the actual SDK, right? Because we see a lot of these modules are being developed by independent protocols, and they they just become the standard over time, right? So uh, I'm excited to see Archway launch because we'll be able to see that sort of stuff in motion, and then the conversation can sort of turn into okay, let's let's not make the software better just from you know the consensus point of view, but also let's make the protocol easier to design. Um, and I, th- I think not enough focus has been worked on that side because we have a lot of engineers that have worked on Cosmos for years. And that's not a bad thing, but y- you need to have a different context in order to understand how to design, uh, you know, tokenomics in a, a more broad sense, right? It should be easy for engineers to implement a, a tokenomic system that you come up with. And a utility like that coming to the broader ecosystem and not just Cosmos, but other chains as well. I think that that could be uh, huge and allow completely different designs of tokenomics to emerge. 100%. From an economic philosophy perspective, the purpose of monetaristic inflation, the purpose of creating new tokens, creating new, like, if it were money, as if it were a government, is to decentralize perpetual overhead. And while we're accustomed to the way staking rewards have worked in the past, and we're led to believe that it's to incentivize security, it's not done in a way that does incentivize security. And what it's actually doing is decentivize the perpetual overhead for infrastructure provision, which is just one of the expenses. And again, like you said, we've been in the ecosystem so long that this is just what we're used to. And so if you're a content creator, oh, you're supposed to spin up a node. Like, why not just have people that are good at infrastructure provide infrastructure and have monetization separately for contract creators? And we have these kind of catch-all pools with community pools. And Archway will be very familiar in that aspect. But we do have an understanding of that this is kind of just building on what was accepted. And this isn't ideal if you were building this from scratch at this point and trying to migrate towards a way where um, the, the expense of inflation, the dilution is done in an efficient and optimized manner to bring about the health of the protocol. Yeah, I mean, I, I get questions all the time. What if what if the OHO chain goes down for a week? What happens, right? Does time pause? I, I mean, realistically, it shouldn't, 
right? So, um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just really excited. I don't know. I, I get, I get excited about this sort of, this sort of little nitty gritty stuff. That's awesome, man. All right. I think we're, we're nearing the end of our time here. Brandon, do you have, you have anything else you want to ask Eric for us? No, I think, I think we've covered a lot. Um, obviously just really excited for Archway's launch. I think we're going to do a lot of work together and there's a lot of sort of benefits that both ecosystems can have through a partnership. So definitely excited for your mainnet launch, excited for the hackathon. Um, just want to see what you guys come up with. Um, Eric, any last thoughts before we uh, close the space? Uh, yeah, really excited to get you guys integrated with Archway every way we can. Uh, we really want to make connections. I don't want to be Poracle. You won't be. <laughs> I need to come up with a response awesome. when people say it to me now. Was I'm I'm stuck. <laughs> yeah, Brandon, you're so Poracle, dude. Poracle. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm amped, but yeah, let's let's connect That's after so this and and talk about uh you know the the Archway Oho integration timeline. I'm I'm pretty amped about that, but it, it's been great to have you, Eric, and it's been awesome talking to you and catching up a little bit on you know the the XFL and all that fun stuff. But I'm I'm just amped for the Archway mainnet, so I'll, we'll see you then. I'm sure. Woot! Hey guys, thank you so much for having me on and for uh, yeah, hearing us about Archway and giving us your ear. Awesome, man. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us on this week's episode of Into the Umiverse. We'll be back next week with another awesome guest. Take care, everybody. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was Into the Umiverse, featuring Archway, recorded on Wednesday, March 29th, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. If you want to keep listening, head on over to terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support now. You might also soon be able to find all the Yumi Spaces at, yep, you guessed it, yumispaces.com. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep it hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Laser beam focused, starscream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect with the dead man swagger. Sitting in a little den, envision in the middle men. Listen to the fatal man. Play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next Bubba-Bubba-Billion Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next Bubba-Bubba-Billion Little Dan envisioning the middle men Listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter we was all hyped up When the pedal lit the metal he just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime till the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from the birds you gotta find cover wipe off the bird poop right off the work while you try on the worst juice blinded by perps who try to reverse truth slide like fox news just trying to lie to you eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants i can't wait for
for the day they lock us up in stasis Mock up a basement could call me resilient Waiting for the internet to make me a b-b-b-billion In the middle men listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Terrible spaces